It's the Tiltcast, episode 455, Super Satisfying. Super Satisfying. And this week, guys, we talk a lot of Battletech. Robots. A lot of Valheim. Not robots. And some news. Stay tuned. Skull! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Tiltcast. And we're back. I'm still uh, canless. Yeah, well, that's okay. You can shake that shaker bottle. That's good for you anyway. Yeah. It is the Tiltcast, <laughs> and it is a rim-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. And I'm Rusty. And today is, it is 9.48 p.m. Saturday, February 27th, in the year of 2021, the same as 2020. <laughs> it's still shit. Hey, and with that, um, you're going to get an indeterminate amount of minutes of bullshit. 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 Some games, some news. Probably a, about two and a half games. Uh, right, maybe. Something like that. Something like that. We've all been obsessively playing a couple of games. Y- well, yes. Like the rest of the gaming community, the world, Twitch streamers, lots of, lots of those hey, I'll say that we were a little bit early in on it, though. Uh, mm, I've been know. talking about it for three well, weeks. You were in on it early. I was like, "Well, what the fuck is the deal?" And uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, we'll get we'll get to that. So, um, anybody have anything fun or interesting happen? <laughs> it's just like, okay, the uh, the 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 nerd meeting has uh, uh officially started. Anyone have anything to share? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I think my life has been fairly boring the last few days, except for the fact that I'm trying to wake up earlier. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... You... And I've had mouse shoulder. Dude, about your mouse shoulder, what the fuck? I mean, how much have you had to, like, put into trying to find a resolution for that? Because it's a problem. I mean, good ergonomics is a thing that, you know, that you want to, you know, you want to practice... If you're playing You'll notice that a lot of the, games. So I have – the way that I game in the living room is on my television with an HDMI 2.0 going from the computer to the TV, right? And I've got a rolling laptop table that has a wireless keyboard and mouse on it, but it doesn't sit very high. So you'll notice if you went out there that it's jacked way up so that I'm sitting at a proper height and it's got an armrest for my arm that swings out. Yeah. Um, I've got vertical mice in both rooms, but it got so bad. I haven't been sleeping like full nights, like waking up three, four times a night because my shoulder is sore. Damn. Yeah. I mean. So it's, it's a thing. And I actually took today off to give myself a rest. So like we played a little bit of Valheim. Well, we talked while we both played Valheim this morning, but honestly, I've been uh, de-Christmasing the house. Yeah, I noticed that there's there's a significant lack of you know flashing lights. Uh yeah, I uh, finally took down the Christmas tree and threw it in the attic. Well, I mean, and took down the lights. I didn't take down the clips because I ain't gonna put those things back up again. <laughs> right, um, but just keep. I did get there. on the roof and take down the lights today. <sighs> well, I mean, only to be able you know you know to put I mean, them back up there in three months. <laughs> I mean, it is I mean, just. It's, a, it's it is a ball hair away from March. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you start putting up Christmas yeah. lights in July, right? So <laughs> no, I actually didn't put them. I didn't put them up until two weeks before. 
Okay. Well, I didn't have a good time to. And then I think with the new schedule with me getting off at four, um, if it stays that way through Christmas, um, I'm going to have plenty of opportunity to do things after work finally. Well, that's good. That's good. So I am looking forward to that. I mean, new hours at work is, well, it's work. It means that I won't be gaming as late, but it means I can game really early. Bummer. I'm going to try to wake up around 5.45 every morning. Okay, well, then you can drive me to fucking staying up late, you bastard. Uh, That's not late for you. (laughs) No, but, like, on a work day, (laughs) that's... I mean, if I have to, uh, I mean, I work 12-hour shifts, so it's like, okay, well, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to game. I get off at 7, and if I try to, like, you know, I try to go to bed at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning. So you could, like, be, like, keeping me up fucking stupid late and me fucking yawning like crazy. The the fucking, there's, there's a, uh, there's a yawn limit. Uh, basically when, when Justin yawns the first time I time it, uh, and if he, if he gets to more than two yawns every 10 seconds, then it's, it's time for him to go to bed. Uh, so it's like one yawn. Okay. This is, he's starting to get there. I've got maybe like 20 to 30 minutes tops. Uh, and then he just crashes out. Uh, whereas I will uh, completely lose track of all time like I did this morning. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, I, I have to actually look at the clock and say, yeah, I got to stop. I got to stop. Yeah. Um, I got to usually remind you. It's like, Hey, it's getting late. It's late for you, isn't it? And I look over at the clock and I'm like, Oh yeah, it kind of is, but I'm having fun. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm trying to, trying to limit myself most nights to 11. I, uh, yeah, uh, that's like, fucking phone keeps going off. Why? Um, shut up, you turd helmet. Got it. Um, but yeah, the, uh, uh, if I stay up till, I mean, my late is 10 a.m., so... (laughs) If you don't know, Rusty starts work at 7 and ends at 7, right? Yeah, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. is what my normal shift is. and uh, What, three days one week, four days another week? Yeah. It's uh, it's not a bad shift for me because I'm an antisocial, I hate everybody fuck, and I really don't like dealing with, well, humans. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, so working at night is perfectly fine for me. Uh, it also allows me to a game with a lot of different cultures. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of Aussie friends because they live during the day when it is nighttime here. Uh, so I am abnormally normal over there. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I do, but trying to game with Justin is like, it's either. I get I catch him when he wakes up, or I catch him just before he passes out, and we get like an hour or two, of of like coexistence. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, up until the new shift, I think I was gaming till about one, and you would jump on about nine thirty. Yeah, and that's, that's just, about three and a half hours. That's just because you know on my days off, I've got to do shit. I mean, you, you work a twelve-hour shift, you. You, you have to, like, catch up on all the shit that you don't get to do 
during the week. So, yeah, I've been doing a mid shift for a while, and that's literally what happens. Is it's been every weekend. It's me catch up with everything I didn't do. Yeah, because I wasn't going to do it before work, and I wasn't going to do it much after work. Dude, fucking trying to juggle gaming and you know gaming and life with like fucking adulting. I I won't, can I go back like. Can I go back to before adulting was a thing? <laughs> it's it's very overrated. <laughs> that ship has sailed, Padre. Oh fuck! <laughs> well, I'll just retire. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting closer to that age right now. I guess I'm closer to that age than I was when I started gaming. Oh shit! I'm fucking old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's. It's a it's a constant struggle, but we keep it we keep at it. We fucking you know continue playing video games as much as possible. Uh, and uh, I mean, there's yep fun. F- you gotta ma- you gotta make your fun, you know. So there. I mean, look what kind of fucking games. I, I don't have much in the way of like stupid fun shit because well, it's been working video games. One one game in particular. So. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, so Jason's honestly, gotten the a lot same farther thing for me too. Yeah, I mean, you've gotten a lot farther playing uh, BattleTech, right? Um, I mean, my mech bay is half full of assault mechs. Half full? Uh, <laughs> no, it's a little more than half full. There, guy. He's like, yeah, I'm only like low key cheating on this, but. It's not the, I mean, you okay. still have to get three the, parts to get a mech. Yeah. I okay. mean, the All only, right, the only mod I actually used was for tonnage. Tonnage. Mm-hmm. You know, only firepower. Tonnage. That's nothing. Um, <laughs> and in that, in that respect, I guess, because I ended up, RN Jesus has been good to me as far as the amount of, Assault mechs that have shown up in missions. It it just happens to turn um, itself up to eleven at some point. And I, I mean, this was even before I got to the, to the point where you find the, uh, the old SLDF castle. Oh yeah. Well, I only found Be- one before that. I'd already somehow obtained. A Gauss rifle by magic on the black market. Oh, you had um, black, access to the black market. You got a, I think you got to align with pirate or do a certain amount of pirate missions to get mm-hmm. black market. Yeah, well, um, I thought it was a trash faction, so I just fucking drove it into the ground, and now they won't give me any missions anymore. <laughs> and uh, you pretty much give up every other faction to have access to the black market, but there are things in the black market you can't yeah. get anywhere else. So right after I got that Gauss rifle, I mounted it on my dragon. A dragon with a Gauss rifle. Holy shit. And wow. That's like. That's not a bad idea. So, somehow. I mean, it's got the hard The mission directly following that. Uh, a Highlander showed up, and I headshot that bitch in two shots. Oh, yeah. That's super satisfying, that Goss rifle headshot, isn't it? So I <laughs> I scrapped a assault mech right, right after I got that damn Goss rifle. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, basically the the, the the tactic there is to use all your called shots on headshots with the thing until you get one. Oh yeah, yep. it's super satisfying. And uh, I had four. In I a mean, row it's one. super satisfying. Super satisfying. Since then, uh, <laughs> the only, uh, I mean, with that Highlander and that dragon, I basically just ran a bunch of missions and basically s- sacrificed scrap for money. Oh, yeah. And just piled up the monies. You have way more money than I've ever had in that game. How much money do you have now? Like 124 like million. Like 124 million. What the fuck, dude? Like the highest I've ever gotten was like 15. Yeah, I'm always spending my money. <laughs> so. <laughs> this other mod I didn't talk about. <laughs> right. No, 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 no other mod. But. Goddamn. Right after I got that, run into three skull Three and a half and four skull missions. Uh-huh. Um, lots of high value heavy mechs and assault mechs. So you're just selling parts. Up. So I have sold the shit out of parts. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. You and can get like half a million off of a fucking uh, heavier and assault. So, especially when you scrap them enough to build them. Yeah. Uh, so I have made all of my money that way, basically. Yeah, it's because that um, one. T- he's a junk dealer. Yeah, I, mean, I am a junk dealer. I mean, I'm, I make the junk, then I'm, I sell it. I'm <laughs> damn proud of it. It, it um, used to be walking, and then I broke it, and now I'm selling it to you. <laughs> um, and so don't mind the blood stains. <laughs> now I have yet to see a heavy crab on the field somehow. A king crab. You have a king you crab. You have a king crab. I have a king crab because, because I bought fucking... it whole off of the black market. <laughs> and oh. Because when you're fucking rolling in dough like that, I guess. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's going to cost me six million to build this? Sure. I have yet to actually face one on the field. Oh. That's... There different houses have different types of mechs they field. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a couple of different houses. That... And so I've just spent the majority area. of my time in the concordat so yeah it's so what i jason did, has 150 hours in a singular campaign i mean i was well i don't know if i put that much time in it i was pretty close I, to i think each campaign that i've run has run me about 80 hours except for the the career mode which i've done career mode for upwards of around almost 100 hours yeah it's it's pretty it's a pretty long game like i i know uh you get your money's worth oh yeah i've got like half a thousand hours in the game yeah and and, you know i i bought all the expansions and i haven't really even touched any of the dlc stuff um i've got i mean i've got through the campaign uh just was it last week fuck i don't but remember oh maybe let, fuck, I let don't me know. tell you put a put a it's, U, it's put my a second U, most played game on steam put uh-huh. a uac 20 and a snub ppc on a on a freaking banshee and just get close and wreck shit oh of course yeah i mean you've got uh, you, I, you've got basically a high-powered slug shotgun at that point if I if my make my called shot to the center, I can one shot a centurion. Oh yeah, I mean it's satisfying. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of really really satisfying things. I, I pop that, in heads that, is really fucking fun. That game honestly takes a while to get rolling to where you feel. It it's takes, not that it, you're not having fun. It's just it's really difficult until it clicks, and then it clicks, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, and I that, know how this works. And that is, and it clicks, and then you start just scrapping mechs and making shit tons of sea bills because that's, that's all I spend my time doing. And it, for me, it was. <laughs> Uh, late, medium, early, heavy. That's when it clicked. That's when the game finally got fun. So, I mean, you start when, off with the medium and a bunch of lights. Yeah, uh, and then when, you realize that you don't really, at least in this game, there's not a lot of reason for the lights. There's a couple of light mechs, so if you get a raven, the raven can obscure your lance from everything on radar all by itself. Well, that's a DLC mech, and... and it also, you can't have, they can't be LRM'd. Well, that's nice. Uh, so it basically has a big bubble around them that's almost, it makes them almost invulnerable to LRM's. That's, that's. And they can't do anything unless they have line of sight on you. Well, that's great, actually. You can fucking, like, set yourself up with some LRM boats, put the fucking Raven next to them, and basically shoot them from... They're in, they're invisible, distance. and then you just basically have a fast brawler that spots for the LRM boats. Right. And then it's just game over. Right. Yeah, something. Or you could do like an LRM boat, a sniper, and then a brawler plus a Raven, and then it's it's a really interesting way to play, but it's pretty cool. Yep. You, or you just it fucking... It also like... looks really neat, too. It's got like a weird... Uh, like electrosphere that's around it. I guess that's the best way to explain it. Yeah, that being an, uh, a DLC mech, though, I didn't run into it at all. Uh, I would have to actually you, play through a camp uh, a career mode. For... Yeah, you run into it in a flashpoint. So you win one out of a flashpoint. After you win it, then you, then it's a thing. You also get I think enforcers in the flashpoints too, and the hatchet yeah. man is a one that's a really interesting medium that has a hatchet on it. That hits harder than almost every mech in the game. Enforcers. Yeah. That's what I just that said. That heavy makes you a lot of money. No, of course. I've scrapped so, dozens. So, Jason, <laughs> you need to find yourself a, a bull shark. Yeah. So, the... the, um, the or an annihilator. So, an annihilator has five large, hard, large ballistic hard points. Ooh. You can put five... AC-20s on it. Yeah. Five Gauss rifles is what I heard. Or you could do two <laughs> Gauss rifles and three AC-20s, and you can either headshot them as you get close or core them as you get closer. Well, I mean, I, I'm still I'm still a fan of the Gauss I mean, rifle. <laughs> you can headshot with AC-20s up close. I think they suffer Done some it. kind of, They have kind of an accuracy penalty. Well, a UAC-20 does because it's, you know. Yeah. Oh, you could do five UAC-20s on that. You. That's U, UAC that's, twenty is a DACA gun. Yeah, DACA DACA. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, ba, but it's uh, that's two hundred shot a bullet, without it being a plus weapon. Yeah. If they both land. Yeah. Anyways, BattleTech's really good. You guys should play it. it, it Pokemac. Pokemac. It is. It's it's really really fun. Um, it's a couple years old. It does suffer a little bit from not being super duper optimized. It um, still has a couple of memory leaks. If if there was if there was ever a BattleTech two, please make it. It would be so fucking awesome. I just want hair sprint, hairbrain schemes to do it 
outside of Unity. Well, yeah, I mean, they need to use a different engine for it. That's for damn sure. I'd like to see it in a... I think that's a game you could do in Unreal. Even with that amount of list items. Because all the lists are internal. It's not necessarily things you're picking up off the battlefield. And and honestly, the the reason why it doesn't work so great in Unity is because there is there is a bunch of like items like all the uh, all the pieces of gear and everything is a list and the way that unity works is it tries to sort the list every time there's something added to it which means that every time you get any kind of loot it slows the fucking game down uh and even your save game list is a list that it tries to organize every time so i'm using my hands to speak and the dog is like oh I'm out of peanut butter. It's time to play. Uh, so just like every week, the dog is going to be a dog. Um, but yeah, the it, it it's it's sad that you have to actually delete some of your saves to speed up the game uh, or delete uh, or sell some of your items just to get the game to speed up uh, a bit. So using a different engine or a different, uh, different way of managing lists is definitely definitely would be better i would also like to see you know it's got good uh it's got reshade mod is a decent mod to use on it if you because it allows you to play a lot a lot play around a lot with a lot of different graphic settings and let you sharpen it or change the lighting a little bit or make things pop a little bit better or change color palettes and things like that and I feel like that's probably one of the better mods that doesn't impact achievements or anything like that. Ah, we got to get a mounting here. She's really happy. You can hear it on the microphone. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Yep. It's. Yep, that was, that was, that, that was, was that all? It. That was all, that's all that was required? No? Yep. Are you done? Yep, she's done. All right. Yeah. Every week, every week, it's got to happen at least once or twice, you know, a thing. And I can't stop talking with my hands. So she thinks I'm talking to her because she's deaf. I talk um, to her with my hands all day. That's the thing. So I mean, uh, she is a deaf dog. That's kind of what you do. So I got to put my hands in my pockets and, you know, and just go with it. Uh, that poor. That's really <laughs> well-defined pour. That pour. I can um, hear all the different ice. Yes. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah. I try. If, if, uh, if, if Battletech 2 actually did come out with a completely different engine, uh, fixed a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the loading bugs, because it's, I mean, even on really good hardware, it loads like dog shit. Yeah, I mean, Rusty's got a 3090. I mean, I've got a 3080. Uh, Jason's got a 2080, and it. I'm we're, me and Rusty are running on an NVMe, and it takes about a minute to load in. Yeah, and then on top of that, on 4K, like I get random stutters and random on random things. Like I found eat. an I found an application that will automatically set the priority to it to high. Yeah, to right. run it. Always at the maximum priority to make sure that it ran a little bit better. Yeah, and if you put it, if, if you have something set in Windows and you set the game to borderless window mode, it will put it as the you know top priority as well, which will increase its you know. There's weird, odd little shit. It's that all you're Unity do. bullshit, is what yeah. it is. It shouldn't well, run the way that it does. That's yeah. like. Uh... 
that would be the interesting thing I did this week was I finally loaded it or took the PC apart and installed that one one twenty one twenty eight gig SSD Justin gave me. Oh, nice! And spent half the fucking day getting my drives to cooperate to clone my oh, well. Windows partition to the new drive. Right. Um. But even with that upgrade, like the load time improvement is negligible. Really? Yeah. With, with this game. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it, if it takes, it still takes a fucking minute to load off of NVMe drives. It's it's pretty yeah. crazy. I mean, I am running my RAM at like thirty two hundred megahertz and running thirty two gigs of it, and yeah. it still manages to find a way to use most of it. There's there's no reason for what it's, it's doing. like. Why is it loading so much? It's loading the entirety of the game on my RAM. I mean, there's. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's possible. Uh, and if it did, it probably would have gone faster. It just needs to be optimized, so the next iteration of that game, she's looking for my hands now. Um, the tail is the tail is wagging like a helicopter. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm hiding my hands intentionally so that I don't signal her. But that, that she that doesn't, doesn't help. like that. That doesn't help at all. She's like, "Where is those hands? Those hands have to be someplace." Um, but yeah. Give me another a BattleTech two because I I really want to see and I'd uh, like so improvements I'd like to see in a BattleTech two. <laughs> Just give oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow! <laughs> she, she Just launched into your lap. She just... <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna make those hands appear. <laughs> she, I didn't have, a, I didn't give her any space at all. She just launched directly into my face. <laughs> She's like, ah, I made the hands appear. <laughs> oh, what a, what a, what a little lovable turd you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's never a dull balls, moment around here. <laughs> pit bulls are all about how you treat them. Um, she is. She would she, not hurt a fly. No, she's. She is just unless like, you steal her bone. She's right. You know, she's right in my face. She just wants love and attention. Is all. So man, I. You keep derailing the piss out of me, dog. Uh, but she's happy. <laughs> I know she's. Uh, she's actually smiling over there. Yeah, she's. She's just laughing it up. But yeah, man, give me a uh, BattleTech two any day. I'll fucking yeah. buy. There's been all talks it. about and it. They said they're not done with it. They're just not actively working on it right now. Okay, well, eventually. But there are some improvements I'd like to see, whether that's in BattleTech two or if it's a DLC to this one. If you and want, that to... is, I want multiple lances. Oh, you mean like eight? You know, eight mechs. Yeah, that's not just bigger lances. Yeah, or well. A lance is a lance is four, four mechs. You know. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So it needs you want two me- you want two lances I, in a, I a mission. Be, I want to be able to run two lances. You, you know, know there it, are many a mission I ran into where Jason, I sat here and thought. I mean, if I had four more fucking mechs, it would be this would God, be easy. Man. This would be this would be so great. Even if they added additional lances into it to to even it out. They already do. You're already already side. fighting like 12 at a time most of the time. Yeah. Like right. 
it would make the lights a little bit more viable because you'd have something that wasn't necessarily firepower, I, but just a scout. Right. Exactly. It's, I want to be able to run a good mix of mix in missions and real, to, once really you, utilize shit. Once right? you get to end game, you yeah. pretty much just run four assaults. Uh, I was running two assaults and two heavies. Thank you very much. I, I was always or running not, four assaults. Yeah. I I figured the assaults were were well. I guess are Highlanders heavies. Highlanders are assaults. Okay. Uh, so they're um, they're heavy plus. They're not quite assault. They're classified as, as far as weight class. They're classified that way, but their weight class makes them more like a heavy plus. Yeah, I ended up. Tonnage. I think I ran an annihilator, a banshee. And two Highlanders the last time I hit endgame. Yeah, no, it was never even fucking close. Because it was jump jet and Highlanders. Or sometimes I'd sub in an, an archer or I just, a catapult. I just use fucking, you know, the Thunderbolt was tanky enough for heavy. as jump jets. It fucking still, I mean, it's got good run distance for heavy. Uh, and I was using it with fucking SRMs and medium lasers. And I was just backstabbing fools like fucking crazy. You can do, uh, well, you guys are way past it. I was going to say, Grasshopper's a good mid to late game backstabber. Yeah, and I didn't like the Grasshopper. I wanted, uh, I just used the it's Thunderbolt. Just, it's so fucking fast. Oh, but the Thunderbolt's better. <laughs> yeah. But you can fit a shitload of medium lasers on a, on a Grasshopper. Yeah, but the Thunderbolt can have like, was it two SRM6s and an mm-hmm. SRM4? Uh, so, yeah. so anyways, yeah, battle tech's anyways, pretty damn good. Yeah, but I want to see multiple lances. I want to see rogue tech's uh, your next uh, your next mission, Jason. I I'm thinking battle tech advanced before I start hitting. <laughs> There's look at all tech. the notes on that. The one of the it's either battle tech advanced or the thirty thirty five or whatever yeah, the commanders uh, commander edition it has a lot of very specific things you got to do to install it. Yes. The rogue tech doesn't take very much. It just you can't. It only supports certain mods. So if you run it, you run the right mods that work with it, and then it's fine. Right. And it just installs. But it's a huge mod. Like the rogue tech mod is like twenty gigs. Yeah. And, and it and increases the uh, the difficulty, so it'll slow you down some more. Um, also, <laughs> it gives well, you about I mean, fifty it, additional mechs. It's like roguelike elements. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then you can have so. the you know the. The lawnmower so, mech that I had before, the the trash can, the walking trash can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the, a rifle. The, the, you mean the, the urban? No. It's, it's, it's literally, it's literally, so the, like the backstory on it is it something from agricultural worlds that was used for like farming and stuff like that. And it's basically like, it feels like the robotic version of a farmer with his shotgun is what it feels like. And every time I played it, that's how I felt with it. And then I got to upgrade the bastard. And that's the part about Battletech that's great is just like taking a piece of shit mech and then upgrading it to its full potential and having it actually be kind of useful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even an urban mech is actually useful at some point. I mean, it still can mount an AC-10. So uh, There's a variant in there in the base game that will mount an AC-20 yeah. on an urban mech. That is nuts. That's like there... fucking... <laughs> that's like a fucking 
<laughs> it's just like a skinny dude walking down the street with a fucking twenty gauge. It's crazy. Uh, it's you not know? even like that. It's like it's like a toddler sporting sporting a bazooka. There's even a uh, there's even an Irby variant that will mount a PPC. <sighs> yeah, it's just it's got like a the the AC one or the AC twenty. You have enough free tonnage to mount AC twenty. Full front armor, pretty shit back armor, and about eight rounds. Yeah, that's fine. That's all it needs. <laughs> because it's <laughs> going to take you forever to get there anyway, so it'll take you twice as long. But if you can, you got a pilot with good, uh, good cold shot, like it's <laughs> not bad. Yeah, and if it can survive, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, dude, it's... I don't know. I like that game a lot. Uh, it'll be a, a game that I'll come, uh, come back to for sure. I, uh, I, I set it aside after I beat the campaign because I figured I need to play something different. You kind of convinced me that that's what I should do. Yeah. Uh, I uh, tried to get you into a different game, and then you jumped into Valheim. But before we jump into Valheim, um, I did Curse of the Dead Gods came out of uh, Early Access. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And uh, I did a di- disservice with the description I gave it before. It's it's a little bit like Hades, but not a lot like Hades. Okay. Because I hadn't played it in a while. I didn't remember a lot of the different things that really set it aside that's different. So it has a couple of – I'll explain. So basic gameplay is like Hades. Very basic. On, the, it's, on, its, on its face, it's an isometric twin stick um, beat-em-up. Right, okay. like hack and slash, slash shooter or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. On its very base. Um, what it really is, is it's a roguelike that uses the map system of Slay the Spire. So you know how the map system of Slay the Spire has different points that branch off into different areas, right? Right. It, it definitely copies that. Like, just if there was a, if there was a copyright on that system, they broke it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Um, each of the different nodes have a few different things. So you can it'll say stats, money, weapon, weapon upgrade, question mark, which can be a lot of different things, um, <clears throat> or relic. So every time you clear a room, you get cursed. And the cursed adds a risk-reward element to the game. Um, and it's a, it's a level of curse. So let's just say that you have 100 curse that you can get before you get the curse, right? Like a hundred on the meter, right? Every the base thing is every room gives you twenty, and then some enemies when they damage you give you a certain amount. Hmm, that's nice. So every five rooms you're gonna get a curse. Sometimes the curses are really bad. Some of them are not so bad. Some of them will change different elements of the game to your favor with a certain like. There's one that basically just says you take less damage in darkness, which means that. That's the other thing is different. So, like, you light a torch, you take less damage um, from enemies in the light. And then, they're, obviously, they're easier to see. Um, there are some curses that if the enemy's in the dark, you can't see them at all. But there's some curses, like I said, that do bonus damage in dark. But the d- enemies are doing bonus damage to you. So, if you're doing a 30% damage boost in the dark, then it's incentive for you to not light torches or razors or anything like that as you're going through. Right. Okay. So, that's kind of like darkest dungeon in a way. You know, where you can do dark runs. Yeah. Okay. So that's the thing. When you get to each one of these altars, um, which is the end reward things, right, that unlock the relics or the stats or whatever, you can pay with money that you get from enemies. Um, you also get 
more money the more enemies you kill without taking damage um, within a certain amount of time. So there's like it's called a greed timer. And so for every it, – it's multi, multiplicative. Yeah, that's the way you say that. Um, so basically like it – I've seen runs where people had that greed timer up to like 400 Jeez. where they hadn't gotten hit once in 400 kills. Yeah. So every Ooh. time they were getting gold, instead of getting like 20 gold, they're getting like 2,000 gold per kill. When you're good at game. Yeah, but it's a hard game. Right. So there's a parry system in there, which gives you stamina back. You have little stamina pips. It's not like Valheim or Dark Souls or whatever. You have a stamina bar. It's just stamina pips. And the stamina is used on secondary weapons and on your dodge and on your wind-up or charge attack for your main weapon. But your main weapon typically doesn't use stamina on its regular attack. Okay. So you're not just left hanging there. If you can't dodge, you can still parry without stamina. And if you do a successful parry, you get stamina back. And it throws them off balance and you get like an automatic crit on your next hit. Of course. So the goal is to kind of mix it between dodge and parry as you go. And there's a lot of different weapons. That's the one thing I do like over Hades. Hades has very specialized weapons. Right. Um, There's probably about 100 different weapon types in Curse of the Dead Gods. Here's the Dead Gods is Hades Gungeon style. Yeah. Um, I don't know if – I would say it's probably about the same difficulty level. Um, and so it, the currency it gives you is it gives you skulls. You get skulls for harder enemies and you get skulls for boss clears. Um, and then it also has rings and you only get rings when you do the final boss clear. The rings unlock different weapon types to be unlocked on the maps. Okay. Um, they have daily challenge runs that have random modifiers that are often pretty interesting. So I did one the other day where um, I couldn't – so it changed the filter on the game to where it looked like it was all in sepia tone and like a bad camera reel or something like that. Right. And then um, the modifier for that was that there was a higher gold payout, but the gold was only discoverable in the dark. I can't remember. It was something weird like that. Okay. Um, and you couldn't see what the next room contained. So you were picking blindly through the run what your next node was going to be or your next challenge room. That would be interesting. And then it gave you extra rewards for completing it. Um, The bosses are fairly hard. The first boss is not going to give you a – I think it took me two runs to figure out the first boss again. Uh, It's called the Jaguar God or whatever. Um, I've gotten through all the base level bosses, but – as you go on, you have incentive to do additional levels. Um, and I think there's a total of like five dungeon types that you unlock when I say it like themes. So like there's Jaguar, which is all like fire enemies. You've got the ice level basically, and you've got the poison level. Okay. And then there's additional levels besides that. Cool. Um, and it's all done in the same kind of art style light. It's a cell shaded art style. I wouldn't put it on the level of Hades because the artist that does the stuff for Supergiant is ridiculous. So it's not as pretty as Hades, and there's not a lot of games that are. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's. That. I mean, just Supergiant's artists, the, the, the gal that does all of their stuff is pretty ridiculously talented. But in, to its own right, like, it's a pretty flashy-looking game. Um, I think it's a sleeper hit. I think if you're looking for more Hades... I think it's a. It doesn't have the story that Hades does, um, or all the voice acting or any of that stuff. But it's pretty cool. You're better off letting her chew that than chew on you. Right. Well, I mean, 
there's that. Anyway, but yeah, the I, I've got it in the. Uh, it's it's part of the backlog. There's there's a few games on the backlog. There was an uh, a new game that you know just released. You that know, I was dicking last ra- week. Yeah, I was dicking around with when you got here. I decided yeah. to drop the hammer on that. That was, uh, was Breathridge. Breathridge. That's right. So it's kind of uh, uh, the the normal description. She's making a lot of fucking noise. Um, but just slide the container. There you go. Uh, the um. Uh, the br- a premise behind Breathridge is kind of like a uh, uh, subnautica in space, and it. I'll explain where that comes from because I picked up on it pretty quick. Okay, you're salvaging materials from your spaceship that crashed into an asteroid in outer space, and you have a certain amount of breath. But subnautica, you can simply go up to the surface and breathe. This you have to go back to your airlock. So at it- least from where. The thirty minutes that I've played of it, yeah, it's it's kind of like Shipbreaker in that way, where you have you only have a certain amount of time, but it's uh, uh this is more like seventy five seconds currently with my current build. Oh well, that's nice. Um, seventy five seconds. I'm, you I'm can't not sure. Fucking do anything out and fucking you know, here hold hold your breath for two, you know a Fine minute. Find scrap in space. That's like, about it. I can hold my breath for longer than 72 seconds. <laughs> it's but more it's, about the amount of air that your suit carries. Yeah, but if you don't, like, take a breath, you could double that. You know, it's I'm, a, I'm just saying. It's got a pretty good sense of humor so far. Um, what I've played of it, it's got a certain art style to it. I think it's another kind of cell shade light type game. It's somewhat cell shaded, I guess. It looks, it looks all right. Kind of, it's not borderland cell shade. It's, it's something different. Like there's a lot, of, there's a lot of color pop in it, right? But it, uh, it's got some pretty cartoony looking graphics. I want to say, without being cartoony, um, you had improvised weapons. No, yeah, but like the. Just the actual characters themselves okay. kind of have like a cartoonish look to them. Okay. And then there's a very fourth wall sense of humor with it. Like my current objective is to find the craps the developers threw in to help me learn mechanics. Uh, something to that effect. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm aware of a quest. Like I haven't played the game, but I was uh, – was researching it, deciding whether or not I wanted to buy it. And, uh, and one of the quests was – you know, incredibly tedious, like go do, you know, go collect 200 of this thing. And it reminds you the entire time you're going through the first like collection parts of it that yes, we put this in the game to be tedious. It is just to slow your progress down. (laughs) It is that kind of fourth wall break where it, you know, where the game basically tells you, yeah, you're playing a game. Um, Yeah. And it's, I mean, from the very, from the second scene where you are plugging up a hole, you'll understand that it's got a goofy ass sense of humor. Right. Um, um, have you have you found the chicken yet? Yeah, that was the first. That the was second the scene. First. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. I was what I was about to say. Uh, for some 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 reason, the, there's a chicken that's involved in this whole thing. So, uh, and from what I understand, the chicken is immortal. Uh, so. There's that. Um, yeah, it's that is another one of those games that's on my backlog. It's another uh, another survival style game, so I don't know exactly when I'll get to it, but it looked really good, and I, um, you know, and I and I picked it up 
because it was like 25% off. So yeah, I think it's uh, like 18 bucks right now. Yeah, it's normally 25 bucks, which is not bad. It's it's a little It was payday me. yesterday for me, so I was like, what am I getting for myself? It's usually like a t-shirt or maybe an indie game, so it was It is an indie game this time. Yeah, it was an indie game. So so yeah. And I haven't bought a game in a couple 3 weeks. So anyways, like the the game that we've been playing, yeah, has been Valheim. Yeah. I think you guys if there's a lot of people playing it right now. Yeah. If you haven't heard of Valheim, where the fuck have you been? We were talking um, about it last week. Like, there's a lot of different ways to play that game. I think right now, I think there will be times that I want to play it multiplayer, but I think there's a lot of time that I want to play it single player. And I know that sounds crazy, yeah, but doesn't. I've already learned way more playing it single player than I did playing it multiplayer. And I was telling Rusty this this morning. I was like... The things that I didn't know. So this morning I learned how to harvest and grow crops. Yeah. Right? And then I figured out spacing was a thing. Yep. Um, I didn't tell you about that, but I let you learn about it on your own. But like things like <laughs> that, like I like to learn, like I know that I need to make some poison resistance potions. I don't know exactly how yet, but I want to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I made some beer that turned into potions somehow. Which is interesting, your, but your mead almost always turns into potions. Yeah, so I've got beer that turned into health potions, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. I mean, um, it's and then my I, kind of health potion, really. <laughs> I think you know, there's like a lot of good to just taking your time with that game. Like I found, so the Black Forest biome is like your first biome to get metal, basically, right? Yeah, and I figured out how to make a cart, right? I don't want to – because it was kind of spoiled for me. I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. I didn't spoil it. Not you, you. asked me. <laughs> but I'm just saying I, f I figured out how to make the cart, right? And then I decided that I wanted to make a road between my outposts and there. So now I made like a road between my outpost and my house, and that's how I truck my metal back and forth. A road. Yeah. A road. Which – you just take a hoe and then you just like – Yeah, you just take a hoe. Take a hoe. <laughs> but you just flatten the ground as you go and then you kind of carve a path. <laughs> and it's just – it's funny because it's a, a person-driven cart, right? Yep. I play the horse. Um, yeah. <laughs> you are the horsepower. Um, that's uh, – I don't know. It's just – so there's a lot of fun in self discovery of that game. The, you know, to you know, to kind of pull it back, I I saw this, um, I saw this on the uh, on the Steam news, right? The uh, the Steam every news week is, that it hits another million. Like sometimes that it hit, it got it gained a million in less than a week. Actually, so it went from three to four million in less than a week, um, which is nuts. I think PC Gamer's been running an article on it every day. Yeah, it's... I and mean, they know they're getting clicks on it. Yeah, because there's so many different things about this uh, about this game. But it's um, an, another one of those games that's built by a, a very small team. Uh, it's, you know, it kind of exploded. Like, and I wanted to find out I think out it's just an, another... It's a different new you thing. Know. It's different enough. I think... There's a lot of things that could be fixed, but it's feature complete and in the way that it is right now that it's very playable. Yeah. I mean, I don't... They didn't release it in too early of access. Like, we're thinking like Subnautica, right? Like that, 
yeah. below zero a couple of months. And we remember what happened last time they released it. They had all the systems in place, but none of the story almost. Yeah. And so if you didn't you didn't know why you were doing things. You're just progressing your stuff. Really, Windows? Son of a bitch. Um I promise I checked. There were no uh, yeah, we, we actually turned this on an hour before you got here. Go figure. All right. Well, that's fine. Um, just continue. <clears throat> but the thing about Valheim that that I think you should look at is maybe a couple of people's base builds where they aren't using stone, right? Because wood is something that you can get, you know, immediately. And just see how structures go together and look at some of that stuff. That's probably worth it. Um. But I wouldn't go into looking at all the recipes and looking at where everything's at. And I mean, I actually am going to give one tip, though, that I think that everybody needs to know because the world is so big. And it's that tip I shared with you earlier that I still haven't found the merchant. But you collect things that you can sell. There's a singular merchant on that entire world, which is pretty big, mm-hmm. um, that spawns. He spawns on a black forest biome, and he's going to have a bag icon that um, spawns on the map within two kilometers of you getting close to them. Huh. So it's worth, if you see the bag icon pop up while you're sailing about, to uh, go ahead and go mark that on your map. Right. Or put a portal next to him because you, he, I don't, does he move? Uh, no, he stays in the same po- spot for the rest of the game. Okay. Well, and I mean, he's in a black forest biome, but, but there are a lot of black forest biomes. <laughs> Um, I know that shit. And there are no mounts. The closest thing you have to a mount is a ship. And I just got my base ship that's not a raft. So that would be a carve. Yeah. Uh, And it's worth uh, playing around with sailing a little bit before you go sailing into rivers like I did and almost crashed. Yeah. um, Because I was sailing at night and couldn't see much. In dense fog. Okay, so and I, we are, me and him are talking about this. Like one of the big things about this game is, aside from the random map gen, which it does a really good job of, um, it does a really good job of making you problem solve on the fly a lot. Yes, and it gives you better tools for that as you progress. Right, like so, you start off with your ship pickaxe. You'll figure out how to get the pickaxe once you get it. Right, it's gated by a boss. Right. right? Everything's kind of gated by a boss. The, your progression is kind of gated. Yep. Right. The the metal tiers, right? It, it's You get copper and tin in another one area, and then you can't get the next thing, iron, until you beat a boss to unlock the next part. Right. And I think it was kind of fun for you to discover how to get iron. Yeah. It, that was actually really fun. Now, uh, I'll tell you, that was... An eight-hour ordeal for me to at least eight hours to get to a point where I could actually, uh, you know, get iron. You don't – I will say that in most instances with at least the first couple of bosses, you don't need to overgear yourself. It's worth just experiencing it and then deciding what you need to get past it. It's not that I was overgeared. You have you to You were understand. like super overgeared. But you have to understand where I was going. So the the thing about Valheim is, like he said, every map is generated off a of seed. So every map is going to be different. Every world that uh, that you can create is going to be different. 
So I think his gameplay is going to be different than my gameplay in the fact of where things are at. I think in the, the map is big enough that I think it would take you about 30 minutes of sailing to get from side to side. Or more. Uh, honestly, it's really fucking big. Like, it took me a half an hour to sail the coastline, and that's just because, like, the wind didn't, like... But I'm saying, if you had the wind at your back... Yeah, I And I think the ships get faster as they go. The ships do get faster because the sails get bigger, but the... Um, the, the We're the, both in the starter ship. The reality here was, is he's saying that I was overgeared, but... When I made my first attempt to go to find this boss, I ended up sailing to basically the wrong side of the island and you know, hitting a biome that was a little more advanced than where I was at. And I got one shot by a fucking mosquito. I think uh, the so... biome that, I, again, I've been trying not to spoil it for myself, but I think that's like two levels past where you're at. I guess. I mean, from what... Uh, I, I got I think killed by an insect. I think snows after what you're at. Oh, okay. That's fine. But and the, then after that, I think it's something else. And then I think it's where the mosquitoes are. Okay. Well, that's... that's I think the mosquitoes are the last biome. Oh, well, that makes total sense that I sailed directly into the last fucking biome. Um, the, the biomes don't... So I think something is constant. I think it, there's always a starter island... That's only so hard, right? And then everything gets a little bit different after that. The starter island only ever has meadows, which is where you start, and uh, the black, uh, forest. black forest. Mine right. has a mountain range on it. Uh, mine does too, but it's like really tiny. Mine is too. I've got wolves howling at my back door all the time. But basically, what what you know to compound on my story here, I. Sailed to the wrong spot, ended up in a uh, in a biome called the Plains. Uh, quickly dropped a portal and immediately got fucking slaughtered by a mosquito, which I guess means that's... that I needed to go back and do a corpse run to try to get my my gear because when you die you drop all your gear, and getting gear in that game is a fucking massive goddamn ordeal, so you don't want to lose that gear. You don't want to fucking just cut your loss. It's a big fucking deal. It's like hours of work. Uh, so I ran back probably close to 18 times, getting killed by mosquitoes one shot, like constantly until I, you know, the last time it was like I snuck between a mosquito and a fucking what looked like a goblin. And I was like, on the edge of my seat, fucking going really fucking slow, snagged my fucking headstone and ran. I like fucking ran. And the funny thing is, if you grab the headstone, you'll get a uh, a buff that's like 30 seconds long called Corpse Run, which uh, reduces the amount of stamina it takes to run. So... So you can haul ass. So you could haul ass. And I fucking, like, grab my shit. I'm fucking in my skivvies, right? Because at that point, I wasn't going to lose any more gear if I died. Uh, and just grab my shit, ran straight through the fucking portal, and then I fucking put a sign in front of that portal that says, do not enter. <laughs> yeah, the th and I know we're talking portals and stuff like that, which are kind of early game. You'll figure the recipe unlocks for it once you find the material for it. Right. It's And, and it's so a godsend. Yeah, I mean, the for as far as you got to go, 
Um, the portals don't break the game either because you still can't truck or back and forth without a boat. Right. You have to, you still have to find it, figure out logistics for that. It's great for, so like I have a system right now where I have, you know, I got the portal inside of about four hours. Yeah. It's pretty um, early. I've got a, uh, a tower that I, uh, <coughs> renovated a little bit and that tower has got a portal on the, on the upper floor. Because uh, I guess enemies hate hate portals, so yeah. the ta- the portals up top um, where it's not visible by anything, and then the tower is like half stone because the other half is renovated wood, um, and that lets me empty out my drawers basically in from the tower to my place and repair all my pickaxes and everything else. I'm still in the copper tier right now. Yeah, it's and. Having adventures, hunting trolls, and uh, getting shit over in that biome. Because there's a lot that I can get from that. I like all the core wood and all the other things that you can get from the uh, burial mounds, stuff yep. like that. Yeah, the Black Forest biome is... Uh, it's it's a got a lot of, like, a, I don't know, 15, 20 hours worth of gameplay just in the first, like, two biomes. Uh, which is... We're just saying something. I mean, the the thing about this game... What really, you know, that that really caught me off guard, really, because you can kind of progress pretty quick in games like Ark, uh, where if you can find the uh, the minerals that you need or the fucking materials that you need, you can kind of progress fairly quickly in Ark. If you, you know, if you get yourself near some uh, some metal in Ark, you can actually get a metal pickaxe and just kind of like go to town. Um, with, uh, with Valheim, it's paced, uh, and the pacing is based off of how much you can carry, uh, and what items you have available to you and what's around you. So you have travel time just traveling to and from bases, uh, and you can only carry so much ore because it's so fucking heavy. Uh, so you go on just like an on foot run without a cart or anything like that. And you can carry back maybe like 20 ore with all the gear that you have. Uh, and that will get you in the bronze tier that will get you like one thing, five fucking bars of bronze, which will maybe make one fucking thing. So that's like a half an hour's worth of work for one item. And that's where losing your gear hurts the most because it takes so long to get but that shit. They do a good job of the weather stuff is pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> like just weather on the open sea is really cool. Weather. Oh, fuck yeah. Weather in the forest looks really neat. All the lightning strikes and like the fog that comes after sometimes or the, just the torrential rain. Yeah. That happens. Like, I know that seems really dumb, but it, like, actually makes a lot of difference on what you can see and what you're doing. When it's dark, it's really fucking dark. Oh, yeah. Um, It is. I think they need to adjust the bloom effects on the torch because it's really hard to see with the torch when you're using it. Well, I mean, I don't ever actually use the torch for that reason. Uh, I use the torch for burial mounds. Scaring shit off because some things are afraid of fire. Yeah, uh, some of so, the enemies hate fire, so, so you can hold the torch and then they keep at bay. Yeah, they'll stay away from you. But um, the uh, trolls won't. No, trolls don't fucking care. Trolls are. <laughs> the trolls look really goofy. But <laughs> they're, they're really, really stupid looking. <laughs> but they 
swing like a, a tree trunk yeah. and they throw boulders at you and they devastate the forest around you, which is actually kind of neat. They they mine copper better than you do. Um if if you can if you can finger quotes tame a troll by like getting it to try to attack you near a uh, near a copper deposit and get it to like do the the smash attack on the copper deposit, it will mine it for you. Uh, and then after you kill the troll, you just go and collect all the fucking uh, copper ore that's laying on the ground. Uh, there's there's some interesting systems there. I was, uh, you know, at first, like when you buy this game, if you, and I highly suggest if you like survival games, this is a fucking game to buy. Um, uh, this, when you first get this game, uh, there's two things that I, uh, that you should do. Um, I don't think that the depth of field is uh, is correct. It made me feel like I was nearsighted uh, to the point where I was checking my glasses. Um, and uh, I think it does it to help offset graphics processing power. But the thing is, the thing is, is if you ter- uh, if you turn off the depth of field, the game world looks so much better um, because. If you look at the textures closely, it's not really high texture anything. But if you look at a forest from uh, from afar without depth of field, it looks really good. So there's there is uh, there is that going for it. Uh, but it took some getting used to. I was not ready to see that kind of. It almost feels low res, but it feels like low res on purpose. You know, it, it's kind of a weird thing. It's probably something that they'll do later because this being early access, if they optimize this or make any, you know, any other visual changes, they'll I'll probably say, add. I'm honestly fine with the way that it looks. It it doesn't look bad, but if you're looking for like a graphically fidelity, you know, you know, graphical fidelity in a game, it's going to be initially off-putting. But after about... 30 minutes, I was fine with it. Like it was, it was only off putting at first. And then afterwards, it's more of like, I'm focusing farther ahead than I am at I my I think character. that mostly matters to you and some people. And I'm, yeah. I, I'm saying that because. I mean, people who like Minecraft are like, you, yeah, all right. You get, it, <laughs> it looks like, so it's less square than Minecraft. Right. The textures are the same as something in Minecraft, just to a greater density and a greater fidelity. Right. It, it is somewhere in the middle ground. Um, what they did absolutely correctly in there is creating a uh, – the, they, they the, use their, uh, uh, their color palette to set a – you know, set – like an ambience to the fucking world. Well, but they also use a lot of lighting effects. They use a lot of fog effects. Yeah, the volumetric fog for when when the fucking weather effects go, uh, come in and it you know is heavy fog day, um, you are not able to see very far ahead. It's that thick, and shit will. It's not like it. It's not like the old days where the you know where they used fog effects to like hide uh, the like the world Skyrim. pop in. It's it's different. It is you know it's the same kind of heavy fog that you would kind of see on the open sea, 
where you can't see the land in front of you until you're like almost right up on it. Um, and, yeah, and like when you're in the forest and stuff like that, like the fog rolls across the ground, which is really neat. Yeah, there, and they've got like they've they kind of nailed the. Uh, there's some biomes even when it's not foggy, like in the morning, when it starts the new day, the low lying areas have like this little fog layer over top of it, which is really cool. Like these little touches, kind of make the world feel different and interesting and. It may have been just like a low valley with a rock, but now it's got like this little fog layer over top of it, which just kind of adds that little something to it. Uh, I found like there was a point this morning where I was sailing my ship trying to get, you know, iron back to my base. uh, And it was foggy at night and it was just fucking, you know, I could barely see just ahead of my uh, my ship. Thought I was going to fucking hit a bunch of rocks. I was using my map, my mini map, just to try to figure out where the land was because I couldn't see it. Uh, and I was navigating using just the map and, you know, and all that. It was, that was weird and fun. And I was like, I don't know what's just ahead of me. So I had to make split second decisions on how to steer shit. Uh, and then as soon as the fog broke and morning happened, the sun started rising and it had this beautiful, like, uh, this orange to blue gradient on, you know, in the sky and the sunshine was reflecting off the water and the waves. And it was like, this game looked really great at that moment. Like the, I completely missed all of the texture detail and I was like, just taking in the entire picture and it looked really, really great. Like the the lighting effects and everything that they've just built together on that, they did right. And again, like I said, I think with the way this game, I, this yeah. is all on purpose for us, Steve. The way that they made this. Yeah, I, I don't think that they're gonna do anything with the textures. I think that that's that's just the way. That's kind of the charm of the game, honestly. Um, uh, that is just. It, I, I found a lot more like emergent gameplay situations while I was, you know, while I was doing that. Like I had to figure out exactly how I was going to do something. I had a goal, but I had to figure out exactly how I wanted to achieve that goal. And sometimes the game just wants to fuck you. Like a lot of fucking times it'll be like, yeah, it's time for a storm. Oh, you're on the open sea? Oh, yeah, your fucking ship's going to go fucking all over the fucking place. And you have to, uh, you know, pop the sails, you know, up so that it's not at full sail. Otherwise, your ship might capsize. And that's, you know, I mean, that's that's the kind of shit that I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to make sure that I'm not going to, you know, get driven directly into the shoreline here. Holy shit. I think overall, though, the game is pretty fucking solid. Yeah, I mean... It is, uh, I'm nowhere near, like, I'm, I'm at, like, I don't know. You, you told me that I was fairly early on in the game. I feel like I'm kind of, like, starting the midpoint at the moment um, of the game. And that's fucking, what, 30, 35 hours or something like that in? Yeah. Um, um, I guess quick couple of tips before we kind of jump in the next section that are not... St- you know, spoiler heavy at all. The 
period and comma buttons also zoom in and zoom out your minimap, and I did not know that for a very long time. I did not know that pressing the R button allows you to uh, to you know basically sheathe your weapons and then pull those weapons back out. Uh, so which as, is good when you got a shield. So as your you know, if you have your weapon and shield out, you run slower. But if you put it away, you will run faster. And so, there's a when you're making your shield, there's a button that says styles that you cannot apply later that will allow you to apply different patterns to your shield. Well, isn't that fucking special? I didn't get that. Um, so, like, these are little things that just kind of discovered as I've been going on. Yeah. And let's see. There's there's a, a, a bunch of hot little tips, and I'm sure the Internet is full of them. I recommend looking at a couple of building videos, though, because grounding your building correctly is kind of a thing. Um, and learning how to build additional layers is a thing. And building campfires indoors is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Learn learn the learning. power of a chimney. Yeah. Uh, because you will suffocate on the upper floor. Yes. Or it's going to look like you're in a burning house all the time because I've seen crazy builds where people just like open up the top enough so that the smoke just goes out. Mm-hmm. But the whole top layer of the house is like filled with smoke. It's yeah. so crazy looking. That's my second base, actually. My second base has a, you know, it has a fire. And I built the ends of the longhouse are open at the top. So the very top layer is just filled with smoke that rolls out both sides of the house. So it's... it's a... I've gotten very good at chimney building. What I haven't gotten good at is uh, round building. I was trying to build a hearth with like three campfires and failed pretty miserably. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit. Like there's some fucking crazy builds on this. The the build system seems fairly basic at first. You know, it doesn't have say quite as many pieces as um Arc does. Uh but the pieces work together really well and uh, the way it lets that, you clip things in a way yeah, that you wouldn't in a lot of other games. Yeah, the ability to clip things this might get Jason's attention. Somebody made a fully, you know, full size Millennium Falcon in this game nice. using the, you know, using the building materials made out of complete, you know, out of wood. And I am still trying to figure out how the fuck they did that because they mined for at least they they cut down half a forest for that. Yeah, but at a certain point, wood, I mean, becomes unstable as you go up from the ground. And that was pretty fucking tall. So I'm not sure how they supported all of that, you know? Good grounding. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, that's building a, materials matter, too, if you... Uh, uh, core if, wood is, like, the best pillar you can get. Yeah, the well, it's one of the best pillars you can get early on. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of different systems of the game that you can utilize. But it's it's hard to listen to us talk about it, the... The I wouldn't look at videos for how to make a lot of things, but I would look at videos on getting your starter the, base. Like, yeah, don't unless you're just crazy. Like, you don't have to go nuts with it, but you can salvage most of the material. So anything that doesn't have resin in it, basically, you get almost a hundred percent back. So, like, yeah. I didn't know how to scaffold, and then I realized you just build ladders on top of each other to move around and start building your attic or whatever. Oh, yeah. If there was one thing that I wish that this game did for the building was allow the camera to go out a little bit more 
like have a floating camera for for building. I guess I'm uh, I'm was kind of used to the uh, the God mode camera, which is just a setting in uh, you know the Dyson Sphere program that allowed me to do whatever I wanted to do, you know, move around the character um, because placement of uh, of building materials in Valheim is based off of where your mouse cursor is and what you can see. So if you can't quite reach it, you can't build it. So you have to kind of get yourself up to it. It's Yeah, which it's means odd. you get up the wonky-ass ladders. Yeah, it's kind um, of odd. But... And you can stack those like three high before it's unstable. So like, you just it just it grounds to any surface, and then you just hop up three ladders and start yeah. Building up further. Yeah. It's like the next one that I do, I think I'm going to try to do a, a hill base or in a hill for my next one and just see how that works. Yeah. I'm going to make myself a wizard tower. <laughs> I'm going to make myself a hobbit hole. <laughs> I'm going to go up. You're going to go down. Got it. Uh, uh, yep. <laughs> but I think it's a good time for a break. Yeah. So Agreed. we will be back. All right. back <laughs> yeah <Woo-hoo. laughs> yeah oh good break good break anyway yeah that's maybe one of the shortest breaks we've had in a while yeah i just needed to go poop the dog um <laughs> so it's time for news it is and there's been a few things that are at least um in the last 20 minutes pc gamer released a story on steam remote play oh yeah um, so Steam Remote Play now works with people who don't have Steam. So the beta client will let you invite anyone to play using the Steam Link app, which means that you, if you could do it on your phone, you could do the remote play together with somebody on their phone and then you on your PC. That's, that's pretty innovative. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Hey, I mean, getting people to play together is kind of the whole point of that, uh, that outside of being a massive store. Uh, it does have that. That's pretty it, good. It basically lets you use the local multiplayer function of a game mm-hmm. to play the game on another device. Cool. So any co-op function on it, basically, you know, where it's all the all the power lifting's being done at the host PC, basically. Yeah, it's kind of like like what, it would do if you had them with a controller or whatever, right with you. Yeah, it's kind of like what Jason's doing right now, honestly. Well, yeah. he's doing Steam Remote Play. Yeah. And he the, streams to his uh, Surface quite often. And, and, and this motherfucker has been playing Battletech the entire time is what I'm trying the to say. The entire time. This is, how I, <laughs> this is how I stay awake when I'm tired. Plus, I've been um, maybe slightly addicted. Slightly um, addicted is the understatement of your last six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least we got him going here. Uh, Glad to see Jason playing games again. <laughs> right, right. That's for sure. Um, so another thing that I thought was, I think it's silly, but it is a uh, big deal. Um, Dragon Age 4 is going to be a single-player RPG with no multiplayer. And why this seem, why this is a story at all is because Bioware um, is the... 
published by EA. And EA has a big heart on for multiplayer and fucking everything, even when it doesn't make sense. Oh, God. Can you imagine a multiplayer fucking Dragon Age? I mean, honestly. Uh, I mean, at that point, what would be... um, I think they've got an MMO game. Wouldn't that pretty much ruin Um, it? I mean... Yeah. I mean, they've already done a kind of... Nothing's hit the same level of story and progression as one still. Three is decent. Two is kind of a shit show, and it, it's an experiment, and one is their masterpiece still for Dragon Age. Games like the original Dra- or Dragon Age Origins um, is – they're they're few and far between because they don't hit the same audiences. Like Dragon Age 2 and Tra- Dragon Age Inquisitions uh, hits a different audience than Dragon Age Origin does. Dragon Age Origins is a holdover from a CRPG era. It, the it, closest thing that you got to playing that right now is actually, well, there's more options now, but um, Tyranny is probably the most innovative one of those. That's the most underrated Obsidian RPG that there is right now, I think. Yeah. If you haven't played Tyranny, because there's like basically like limit breaks in mm-hmm. that game, um, that game is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's... Like, I think there's like a weird, you charge up your abilities basically. And then you get a additional extra character-specific abilities in that game. Yeah. I mean... Um, but, but that's super random. But anyways, Tyranny was free on Epic a couple weeks ago. And yeah. It's, it's just super a, cool. Um, yeah, Dragon Age Origins, the, the first Dragon Age game, you know, pulls from, like, Baldur's Gate. It pulls from, like, Dungeon Siege. It pulls from a lot of those games where you can hit the space bar to pause and, you know, set you know, set things to happen and then hit play and just kind of watch it go out. You know, that that kind of game is an older style of a game and you won't see that ever again, I'm sure. That's, uh, it's so rare nowadays that it's just, yeah, you're not going to see it. They're going to go with something that's more interactive, more action friendly. And I'm sure that that's not going to change with the new Dragon Age. So... If you've been wanting to play more Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter Rise is a thing that's been on Switch that oh. is moving to PC. Yes. And so, Rise is like a Monster Hunter Lite, I think is the best way to say it. It's set up more on a pick-up-and-play kind of um, shorter excursion, shorter overall I mean, mission, so to speak. Once you get to a certain point in Monster Hunter World... It was pretty quick. Like you go in, you do the thing, and you know. For and you some can get people, out. when you're kitted out, but it's a super grindy game, and your early missions are like 50 minutes long. Your early missions, yes. That's and not a lunch break game. No, no. Well, I mean, I used to do a couple on a lunch break, but when you got um, to a level where you could run them in 15 minutes, yeah. But initially, five minutes, I could go fucking punk whatever I wanted to fucking punk. But that's, what I'm getting that's at is hundred hours in, yeah, and I get it. This is set up to always be something quick. The um, so Monster Hunter's always been kind of mobile first. Um, it used to be on the Game Boys, right? So, and that was where local play. You get together with a couple people, and you could go do a a really quick mission with them. Normally, it was it was built to be like on a Japanese subway. You know, a subway ride style 
you know, hunt. Yeah. That's about how long it took. So less than 10 minutes or so. Um, and that's kind of where they want to go back to uh, with Rise. Uh, the idea with with Rise being in the Switch, A, it's like it was built for, you know, Monster Hunter was built for the Switch because you can have basically like a Wi-Fi network. So you don't have to worry about extra cables and, you know, and whatnot. Uh, you could kind of do that whole local multiplayer thing again. Uh, but those people who uh, who played Monster Hunter World on PC didn't know whether or not they were going to be able to play, you know, this game if that's what they wanted to do. Um, with this announcement saying that it is, in, uh, in fact, in development and it's just going to take extra time, it almost exactly mirrors what uh, Monster Hunter World did because it didn't immediately come out to PC. It came to the consoles first. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's an early next year release. So, uh, and, and Rise is either out now or really soon. It's really close. Uh, and I decided not to pick up Rise on on the Switch because, well, I I, I see like maybe a face. Oh, there's that snap. This guy, he's got to fucking pull up the video for it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't see, I don't see a whole lot of people, so I wouldn't get that remote play ability. And a lot of the fun of Monster Hunter is playing multiplayer, uh, even if it's just randoms. Uh, yeah, I, I think that game is vastly more fun with others. Yeah. So, uh, so with this coming to PC, I'm, I would be interested to see what they do with the graphics. If it's you know, if it goes on sale again, I might actually pick it up on PC. What Monster Hunter World or yeah, I mean, I'm World just, was fantastic. World's a great game. Yeah, I mean, this looks a little bit cartoony, but it still looks pretty good. Yeah, I, I was interested in it, uh, but I just I told myself I wasn't going to pick it up on Switch because I just wouldn't be able to play with anybody else. Um. And now that it's coming to PC, it's now on the radar because, you know. If, the, the if I'm not playing games. anything for a while, I may pick up Monster Hunter World in the spring sale. Yeah, it's it's actually not too bad. Not too bad at all. It looks <laughs> really great on PC. You can turn everything up and it looks really great. But I, I have a really overpowered character on that right now. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's dumb overpowered right now. So, in other news, we were talking about we were talking about this game last week, which I think is funny that it came up as a thing. Yeah. But uh, basically, on PlayStation Store, Republic Commando launched, and it's also launching on Nintendo Switch. What? Yeah. So like a, it's not totally. I think it's just slightly upresed. It's just kind of like ported here. Here it is it's, again. It's really more of a port instead of a remaster. That's probably fine. Probably running just a better FPS and at a higher native resolution. Um, that was a cool game. Like That's bringing cool. back some of the older, you know, the older Star Wars games that actually, you know, had some, you know, had something to it. That was one of the cooler ones. And we were talking about this. Was it last week or the week before? Uh, so yeah, you saw that and I'm like, that, that was like the best straight FPS Star Wars game. Like with the hand signals and shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean the clone troopers that that's 
that was awesome. Yeah, so seeing that actually come through gives me a little bit of hope. I mean, there's I'm maybe, just, maybe I'm just wondering what Lucasfilm Games is going to end up doing here soon. Ooh, yeah, well, this this was like their first, you know, their first foray, their first release, right? They're like, hey, we're a thing. Oh yeah, we're bringing Republic Commando back. You know, which is it's just a weird thing, but I mean, I'm all right with it. Well. The the problem with... I wonder if they just needed a cash jump on the studio or something. Well, I mean, it, it could be that, but it also could mean that some of their, you know, some of their older games they could be re-releasing or basically doing official ports for. Because I'm sure there was unofficial ports and this these games are just kind of like lost, you know. I have a physical copy of Republic Commando in that it, thing look, over there. That's what, a 360 game? No, on PC. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, see. Oh, I have... Uh, I have the, a CD-ROM. I have the uh, <laughs> physical uh, 360 copy. Yeah. Or, sorry, not 360. Xbox. Xbox copy. Oh, and yeah, then I've old? got the Steam version. Yeah, when I was in college, my brother had an Xbox at the house, and so he bought it on Xbox, and I didn't have an Xbox, so I was like, I'll just play it on PC, I guess. Yeah. And it was one of the only other games I was playing besides World of Warcraft at the time. I mean, I had Morrowind at that point, so I was like, <laughs> it's like Morrowind and uh, Oblivion. <laughs> yeah. So another thing that's happening right now is uh, we have another PC retailer chain that is closing, uh, mm. which is Fry's. Um, they're going to be closing a little over a year. Um, there are which means that there's only there. one. PC components seller, and that's Best Buy. No, that's not correct. Who else? Micro Center, but they're not, they're, they're. Oh yeah, but there's twelve locations. Yeah, but still, uh, you if they there if was they didn't only have the... so many hand uh, fries as well, so there was just a handful about about as many fries as there were micro centers around the country. Honestly, I think there yeah there's like twelve micro centers and maybe like eight fries right. across the country at this point. So, but that means that the only national seller of computer components is Best Buy at this point. So, which is usually as far as in store, yeah, which is terrible. It is terrible, and I think, you know, like, it is great that Newegg has such a great selection, but you've got to wait a week for Newegg. You can't go to a Best Buy and buy every part that you need to build a PC. And that was... No, because they have, like, six motherboards, like, three processors, right. four graphics cards. Maybe. And they're always old. Yeah, um, and they're always, like, out two generations it. out. Right. So... Or more. The the thing about fries now, I, I, and I remember even ten years ago this that like going to Best Buy and trying to find all the components and like, I guess they don't have everything. I guess I'm gonna have to. You have to order at least a case. They don't carry cases. They don't you know yeah. they don't carry. They they'll carry drives, networking, and that's about it. Almost. I mean, a very like small selection. Best Buy of at this else. point is the place you buy your washing machine and and like. Console games. Right. Well, that or DVDs. If you or, Blu-rays. you know, stereo systems or TVs. Like, it yeah. doesn't have anything to do with computer stuff anymore. Yeah. It, I mean, I used to go there further back, right? And then I'd go find, you know, like RAM or whatever. And there was a point where Best Buy did have most of the components. Right. Well, and it's just... It's not that... It's, it's not even that really niche of a market. It's just the 
purchasing of all of it has gone online. Right. Well, there there was there was that. See, I'm probably the only person around the table that's ever actually been in, in a fries while it was like in business. Um, I mean, I went to it when I lived in Plano when I was building my first PC in college. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, and and you probably saw a very similar situation that I saw, you know, when it was in business and this was like, what, three years ago, something like that. Well, there was um, a point where you had a whole aisle of just RAM. Oh, yeah. Uh, you just went through and figured out what you wanted. I spent hours walking that store when uh, I went to the uh, to the Georgia, the Alpharetta, Georgia store, and I spent hours walking that store just up and down each aisle. Uh, you know, and this was during its peak when it actually had stock and shell, you know, on shit. Uh, and you could walk into a fries and you could buy literally every component for a PC. And if you wanted to have them build it, you know, you could just grab the shit off the shelf, take it up to the fucking PC, you know, PC counter. And they'd be like, yeah, for like 75 bucks, we'll build it for you. It'll take an hour or two, you know. And, and that was, that was one of the things that you don't see on, you know, in brick and mortar anymore is you can't get every PC part that you want, uh, there. Well, we like, we have a couple of local stores that do stuff like that, but they don't have, they order high end stuff. Right. But if you need to like get a power supply right now. They've got power supplies. Yeah. But when it comes to stuff like GPUs and CPUs, except, well, they have a couple of like i9s in there, right? And a couple of like Ryzen yeah, fives in there. But like most of what they have is a huge assortment of RAM, power supplies, motherboards, and like nothing real expensive. Which you can, you know, what you can get for cheap or uh, bulk or, you know, or. You know, That's where a whole ton of these SSDs came from because they would have deals of like, this is me. Mm. I'd call up and be like, hey, do you have any deals on SSDs? Yeah, we got one for 25 bucks. How big is it? It's 100 gigs. All right, I'll come get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Save that one for me at the counter. Here's my name. Yeah. I mean, when you when I walked into the fries, I walked by their, uh, their motherboard selection, right? And they had – they had a full-on chart of where to find the motherboards you were looking for, yeah. what generations they were, you know, what the names were, uh, whether it was Intel or AMD, and you could go there. And then just to the left of that was their, you know, their processor case, and you know, I'd look in there, and I mean, they didn't have every single processor, but they had a very good selection of processors. It's just, it's just sad to see those stores go by the wayside, and I think. COVID probably plays a part in this. Well, it was, it but was, it was dying before that. But uh, yeah, it was dying before that. And it's just, there isn't a place to get stuff like that anymore. And it is, when you have something break or you want to upgrade, I like to window shop before I upgrade. Oh, yeah. And what, part of the fun for me. Like, I like to window shop cases, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. Because and... it's measuring something with tape is hard to kind of wrap your mind around the abstract idea of like what size this is and how it's going to fit my space. Right. Well, my, my Lee and Lee case was a little bit bigger than I expected it to be. Uh, but it still case fit, in, but case in point though, pretty big Yeah, case in point. Nice. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the reality of, of fries is that they'd actually started to die out. Um, 
uh, about a couple of years ago. They started losing uh, losing a lot of their suppliers uh, because, I mean, when sales went online and online retailers basically took over that market, um, there was less and less people coming in and buying shit, which meant, you know, the tech actually gathered dust on the shelf instead of sold. And if it if tech gathers dust for more than six months, it becomes obsolete. So you they couldn't you know like sell it back because they weren't doing consignment. They were actually buying the stuff to put it on the shelf to sell. So they took major hits as stuff started to uh, you know become obsolete and become unsold, and they ended up going uh, to a consignment model which is the you know the product maker only gets paid if the product sells which not a lot of product makers will do you know so that meant their selection of literally nearly every all the things uh went to a handful of things and because those stores were so fucking huge it meant that there was shelves upon shelves of empty and the last time I went in there was the beginning of last year, just before the pandemic really took hold. Um, I walked through the place and it was like depression city. That place felt sad walking through the door. I felt I felt it as soon as I walked through the door and didn't see a shelf. It was that thick in the place. It was crazy. So it's kind of sad to see it go, but it was kind of inevitable. So one of the other really big stories, I know I keep leading off, but I just got a, I got a roll going here. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Anthem is not coming back. Somebody play taps. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> that is, I mean, you can't really, you know, you can't really see that game. That game didn't take off at all. It kind of died well, right at its beta. I will credit PC Gamer for the story. When it launched, it was the top-selling game of February 2019. And that that may have been... In that month, and then it stopped because it was boring as shit. Oh, yeah. And then literally all the people that bought it were like, oh. There's nothing else to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, So that being said, there was a whole push for them to try to resurrect the game. Yes. But due to a lot of different things. So here's where they're at with it right now. They, everybody, a vast majority of Bioware is working from home, and they said it would put undue strain on their team members to continue to push them to get this done in a productive way. Okay. Which was facilitate this. Some of this is coming from EA, so who knows what happened there. But they <laughs> wanted to like EA speak. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to focus more on the new Dragon Age and the untitled Mass Effect game. That's EA. Because they knew that's where their solid money is. That That is 100% an EA move because they're like, hey, Anthem already has a negative the, connotation to it. So we're probably not going to do much with this. I think Bioware's biggest mistake so far has been EA. Yeah, for sure. Because it was after EA that we got Dragon Age 3, right? Mm. It was after EA that we got Andromeda, right? Yeah. I don't know how much the executives make decision making affects that stuff, mm, but sure just the the things that have been happening at Bioware are the things like 
Andromeda didn't hit exactly where they wanted it, so they cut off all DLC and stopped production on it, right? Yep. Stuff like that, right? Exactly. Dragon Age so 3. So instead of trying to make the game better, we're just going to call it because it didn't make the initial sales, sales numbers that we wanted it to make. If it was up to That's the, an EA decision. If if it was up to the creators and the people who actually put time into that game, they would want to see that succeed. They yeah. wouldn't want their project to die. And I think that's... I don't like to just hate on EA because it's EA, but just EA's been kind of the devil in game development for a long time. I mean, they're 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 starting to become not alone in that, but sure, I mean, they've kind of been the I think the the they probably the most deserved whipping boy for that type of thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, more so than just because they make a lot of sports games, but them being under that umbrella I think has hindered BioWare more than helped them. I think at some point, and I can't remember the exact time, but when they made that decision, I almost feel like it was because they th- thought they needed the cash cushion to make that partnership. And I don't feel like it's made any quality. Um, it hasn't been a quality cushion for them. Yeah, it's it was not a great decision, I don't, I don't think. But... Well, and then, I mean, the doctors aren't a part of Bioware anymore, but it's one of those things where I just... I feel like everything that's been released since they've been under the EA umbrella has had a more mass appeal and less of a specific appeal. And I understand that from a sales perspective, but like Bioware used to make the best, some of the best RPGs. Yeah. It's so I just, I'm not going to count my chickens for the hatch for Dragon Age 4 and for Mass Effect. I am excited for the Mass Effect relaunch. I've been looking at a lot of the trailers for, I really want to play Mass Effect 1 with a little bit different systems. Yeah. That seems yeah. really neat. I want to see it in a higher fidelity, like in 4K, you know. Those are the things that I and wanted I, to see, you know, my list of things for the, you know. And I'd like to play it again release. after 10 years, you know. Yeah. I mean, back, I, it was Mass Effect of, when it ago. first released was something that me and John from Picking Up the Pixels had been talking about. He's like, oh, you got to try out this Mass Effect game. He said, it's kind of jank, but you'll like it. And it was kind of jank. Not not just the Mako, but just everything for the way the weapons worked and the powers and everything else. Oh, you got one shot with the sniper rifle before it overload, uh, overheated. Remember? Yeah. And I right. think they reworked that system to be the same as the other systems, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, and then it looks like they got a pretty big overhaul on the visuals for one and two. I mean, there are still shirts that I've seen with my own eyes walking around town of the Mako going up an impossible fucking cliff, right? Uh, that shirt still exists. Um, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, I know people with freaking Mass Effect tattoos. Like, it was just an yeah. amazing game. Yeah, there's there's that. It's just, it's crazy. The um, I'm just, just, I'm fine with the remake. I know there's some... I don't even want to go. It's not even controversy. There's just gamers making some controversy over that game right now. Um, but I'm excited for that. That's coming out soon. Uh, if you want to save a few a few uh, dollars on that, uh, Green Man has like a $10 off coupon for the remake if you want to get it through them. It's not a remake. It's just uh, it's the, for the for the Mass Effect, you mean? Yeah, uh, for Mass Effect uh, Trilogy. Yeah. It's not necessarily a remake. It's more of, you know... More of like a remaster than a remake, but they did actually change some systems. Change some systems to kind of streamline it as well. And then I've also heard that it's three separate launch 
screens for each game. Like I think there's a core screen and then they you can launch whatever game you want from the core screen basically. Okay, so it kind of goes it kind of goes like um the uh like uh reignited trilogy. Um you know, uh Spyro has you yeah, know, three so, different launches. So So yeah, I was watching some stuff on that. I'm I'm super hyped for it. Yeah. I, mean, I I already know what I'm getting into. You know what I mean? Yeah, Jason's yeah. already got it. <laughs> he's, he's like, I already bought it. Fuck it. <laughs> I was like, Yep. I mean, I'm, all, I'm be something be something all, fun to play on that 2080. I mean, all they had to do was give me a release date and make it purchasable in the Steam store. It, and yeah. Oh, so you've it. already pre-purchased yeah, it? Yeah, he's already pre-purchased it. He he pre-ordered. He's what? Like, that's like comes out in two months, right? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't matter. Yeah, he it had the money comes then. Comes out in April. He's, he's like spend doesn't money matter. Is, what day? What day does it come man. out in April, Jason? God, I forget the exact. Date. I thought you would know. He's like off I, top of my head. No, I'm too tired for that. But you shit. did know it was in April. Yeah, he's like, but it was purchasable, and I purchased it. He's like, I'm gonna it's buy like this a, now. It's a weird date. It's like April twelfth or something like that. I mean, that's that's pretty close. <laughs> so, I want to throw one more story out there before we end. Do you April? have an, Oh, no. They pushed it back now. It's May 14th. I knew it was May. Oh, <laughs> All right. Oh, well, still, I already bought that bitch. Um, I mean. <laughs> Again, money spent is money spent, right? So he's like, I've got it if, now. It if was I'm, like, if I'm going to guarantee that I have a game. I'm going to guarantee I have a game I know I already love. He's he's already well. You had the you know you had the gift card balance to do it too. So <laughs> so there's that. What oh was, no, my gift card balance was spent elsewhere. Uh, gotcha. All right. Well, that's fun. Uh, what was the thing that you were thinking about? Oh, the thing I was going to talk about is. Uh... Final Fantasy VII is sticking its tendrils elsewhere in a couple of mobile games. Uh, what? There's a Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale for mobile. Oh, Jesus. And a single-player RPG mobile game. Oh, my God. Set in the events before Seven starts. I mean... It just feels weird to have a Battle Royale Final Fantasy. That just feels like a bad idea. But then again, Fortnite seemed like a really dumb idea to make that a Battle Royale, and look where that got it. Battle Royale just sells. I think that is going to continue to sell no matter what. People will look for something new. I just think that fan base isn't the same fan base, like really at all. No, no. It's a really odd – it's an odd I mean, I know people play PUBG and Final Fantasy, but – but I'll be honest with you. Out of this group, the f- the person who's the biggest fan of Final Fantasy, bar none, even more than you, Rusty, is Matt, who's been on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean. Like, bar none, every Final Fantasy game he has picked up. Yeah. I haven't played and every single one. He, he, he has played every <laughs> single one to exhaustion. Um, and he will probably not pick up the Battle Royale. Oh, fuck no. I'm pretty sure that, that that's, that's not good. I mean. We both picked up PUBG and played three matches and decided Battle Royale was not for us. Well, I, I haven't I even touched Pub- it. I own PUBG and I've I've barely touched it. Yeah, I haven't even touched any Battle Royale mode because all I had to do was look at it and say, yeah, that's not for me. Um, the the idea of a BR for that is uh, is just capitalizing on what's popular right now. It's a flavor of the month decision. Well, yeah, that's been a flavor of the last like three or four years, but well, it's been off again, on again, fairly often. 
The only reason They're, why it's still alive is because of Fort, uh, of Fortnite and the honest and honestly, I'm starting to think. You know, for me, it's kind of going to get fatiguing after a while. Yeah, uh, uh, there's going to have to be a change. Fortnite, Fortnite Battle Royale, um, started to kind of, kind of fade as. You know, it was basically just streamers holding it on. It's not that. I mean, um, there's still a good player base playing that. And then, uh, um, and it's got a really young player base. And then it, the player base blew up again when Call of Duty Warzone came out for some reason. That's because and you know, fucking battle royale. You got to have yeah. different flavors. So, so yeah. and there's still a really dedicated player base for PUBG too. I mean, it's not like I mean, if you're into first person or third person shooters, I mean, that's basically the you know the difference between the two is first person or third person shooter, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're into you know into PvP, it's probably the best version of a PvP match that you can get. And we used to play a fuckload of Call of Duty PvP, right? So um, those Call of Duty multiplayer matches, I mean, if, if you know, Battle Royale was a thing when we were playing, you know, MW2, it would be, you know, that would be, yeah. I would be all over that. The problem with, uh, with this is I've, my tastes have changed. I've moved on. And uh, I imagine that that is going to be a thing that will happen in the yeah. future as well. That, so seeing that, anything. The hacker community kind of destroyed it for me and Rusty. Yeah, well, it wasn't It wasn't necessarily and just that. And the griefers. That. It wasn't necessarily just that. The game started to get bad too. Yeah. Um, but that's that's beside the point. The, the, uh, the, the reality here is, is a, you know, converting something that was definitely not made for BR into BR is is pretty nuts. If they had done a Cloud Strife fucking uh, Fortnite skin, I wouldn't have fucking like you know blinked a you know blink a second. You know, it's like oh yeah, they just added Ripley to Fortnite. How do I know this? Because fucking shit comes up on my Twitter feed. You know, right. so they've added the fucking Alien franchise to Fortnite. Here, there's your news. Um, and complete, uh, completed with fucking like a you know a chestburster emote because you had to have that. But instead of a fucking chestburster, it came out with the fucking like loot, la- you know, loot llama or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. I don't play Fortnite. Fuck. It just it's basically stupid uh, to me anyway. I mean, if you play Fortnite, good for you. Um, but, <laughs> but it's uh, uh, Final Fantasy just needs to stay in Final Fantasy realm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I the, agree. The single player, uh, the single player RPG for uh, for mobile. Um, if they're mobilizing it instead of like making it a full on game that you can play, I'm not. I'm I'm just not down with mobile games, especially ones that like try to. I just have a really hard time with the controls unless it's built for mobile. Yeah. Well, if 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 a game's gonna have like microtransactions in it, which mobile is that it's in almost every mobile game where it tries to limit your play. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's no point to this. Yeah. I feel no there's no point to it. 
let me sit down and play a fucking you know, game, especially a Final Fantasy. I wonder where I want to put like a hundred hours or so into it. You know, I play, I play three games mobile: Plague Inc., Catan, mm-hmm. and fucking Knights of Pen and Paper. Okay, but Knights and Pen and Paper is like, well. That's a full game on the computer, you know, on yeah, your phone. Yeah, but it works. You know, Catan is also a full game on your phone. I have zero games on my, you know, on my phone. I have Plague. Uh, well, I used to have Plague Inc. on my phone. I've bought Plague Inc., if that means anything. But that's just because, you know, sometimes when you're sitting at work, you want to destroy the human race. <laughs> so uh, there's that. I'm not crazy at all. Um, so the only other thing that I can think of this week is, uh, the 3060 dropped and it went, <laughs> it disappeared just as fast as every other every video card. Every other thing else. Um, the, the, the biggest, you know, the biggest fuck you was, uh, when, uh, a mining group that, you know, got their hands on the 3060 said, oh, this fucking thing mines just fine. <laughs> After after NVIDIA's uh, marketing, the thing is, is with the limiter that they put on the 3060, it was specifically targeted for Ethereum. It mines all the other fucking coins just fine. It's just Ethereum and that and that hashing algorithm. That was what was targeted. So it's like, oh, yeah, it mines uh, it, it mines Dogecoin just fine. Uh, you know, right. <laughs> it's, it's like, here, yeah. here you go. Um, you know, it's, and there was also a group that I had, I'd saw, so I can't remember, I can't see the, you know, the post anymore, but they're like, oh yeah, we re, you know, we re-engineered the BIOS. So it, it only took like 24 hours for them to get the, their hands on the BIOS and the graphics card to re-engineer the BIOS to allow Ethereum mining on it. So it, nothing is safe from miners, nothing. I've got one super quick thing that'll be just interesting. Game Pass is the best deal on everything right now. Son Um, of a bitch, we should get paid by fucking Microsoft for as many times as we say that. (laughs) Elite Dangerous is now available on Game Pass. Jesus, seriously? Yep. What? Wow. I mean... That's coming from Elite Dangerous. Wow. Okay, basically a, a game that has unlimited play. Go to town. If you have not tried Elite Dangerous at this point, and that's on Elite <laughs> Watch a video on how to fly and then well, play. <laughs> well, watch your 30-minute tutorial and then fucking play the game. Now, and, and set aside the first, like, day or two of just learning how to fly. Uh, yep. But, I mean, don't let that prevent you from playing that game because it's fucking amazing. It's the the only reason why I ha- I'm not playing that game is because I have to relearn how to play it. And if you if a game is like that, where you have to relearn how to drive, <laughs> I and mean, vipers and anacondas wreck. I mean, there's uh, I have a python. Uh, I think I got myself a python and kitted it out just before I stopped playing. And I'm I'm, I'm all right with my python. It's I mean, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Jason, where can you find us? It's a good site. Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TheRealTiltCast. Search for 
us on iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> Rate us and review us. Find some friends of friends of the show. I'm sorry. Um, we've got Pupcast. We've got Cabbage KBG. We've got No Quarters Not No Quarters dot net. Words. Um, another show. I'm dying over here. We have um, no. We not don't have TVGP. We have BMFCast.com. Not yet. And DVGP.TV, they play Elite Dangerous. And that is the end of the show. DVGP. Peace. Peace.